Hola and welcome to Catholic View on this Friday evening. I'm Sheila Pirch. Thank you so much for joining me. Coming up in today's broadcast, we'll be talking about the 2017th Kingdom of Lesotho National Assembly elections. But first, we take a look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. This is Archbishop Buti Tlachale of the Catholic Diocese of Johannesburg. You are listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. In your headlines this Friday evening, Imbisa applauds Lesotho for excellent elections. Pope Francis emphasizes the central role of women interfaith dialogue. And Pope to Panama bishops on World Youth Day. Good evening once again, I'm Sheila Pirish. The Inter-Regional Meeting of Catholic Bishops of Southern Africa in Bisa has congratulated Lesotho for peaceful and credible elections. In a statement issued on Thursday, 9th of June, Mbisa noted, and I quote, Overall, the elections were peaceful and well-organized. As church, we applaud this and that it must lead to a long-lasting process of how as Basutu people relate with each other. We wait for the next phase of the election process pronouncement of final results, end of quote. As per procedure, Pakalita Musisili has resigned as Prime Minister. Mr. Bui Mohapi, Executive Secretary of the Lesotho Catholic Commission for Justice and Peace, has more. Now, Musisili resigns as a matter of procedure. Him and his cabinet have to resign after the elections, having lost the, 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 the power. So it's just a matter of procedure because now they have to make way for a new government. All the same, the king has appointed him to be an interim prime minister until the sworn-in, or the inauguration, rather, of, of our new prime minister, and that would be definitely uh, next week. The new, the new coalition have uh, had their press conference uh, the day before yesterday, and they, 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 they are expecting now the parliament to sit on Monday. Monday will be the first uh, uh, a special meeting of the parliament wherein they will be sworn in as members of parliament. Uh, subsequently, they will elect the speaker who will then facilitate the election of the deputy speaker and the, the election of the parliament of the prime minister, after which the, the speaker will take the name of the prime minister elect to, to, the, to the king then thereafter, there will be then the preparations for the inauguration of the new prime minister. In moments of darkness, choose the path of prayer, patience and hope in God. That was Pope Francis' key message in his homily at Mass this Friday morning in the chapel of the Casa Santa Marta residence in the Vatican. Pope Francis urged Christians not to fall into the trap of vanity in moments of pain and sorrow, but rather resort to prayer, patience and hope in God. 
The pontiff exhorted all to ask themselves whether, in various phases of life, we are able to discern what is happening in our soul, aware that the bad moments are the crosses, and that one needs to pray, to have patience, and have at least a bit of hope. One must avoid falling into vanity, because the Lord is always there beside us when we turn to Him in prayer and thank Him for the joy that He has given us," said Pope Francis. A plenary assembly of the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue, focusing on key contribution of women to interfaith relations, concluded this Friday morning in the Vatican. In his meeting with the participants, Pope Francis said there is a vital need to recognize the abilities of women to teach values of unity and fraternity, which can transform the human family. Vatican Radio's Philippa Hitchin has more. The vote began by noting how often women. Women's work and dignity is threatened by violence and hatred, which tears families and societies apart. Faced with the challenges of our globalized world, he said there is a vital need to recognize the abilities of women to teach values of unity and fraternity, which can transform the human family. It is therefore to the benefit of society that women have a growing presence in social, political, and economic life, as well as in the life of the church at national and international level. The Pope said, "Women's rights," he insisted, "must be affirmed and protected, including, if necessary, through legal means." In their role as educators, the Pope continued, "Women have a particular vocation to foster ways of welcoming and respecting others. Whether or not they are mothers, the contribution of women in the field of education is invaluable." He said, "Women and men," Pope Francis said, "through their different roles and intuitions, are both called to the task of teaching." Fraternity and peace. Women who are so intimately connected to the mystery of life can contribute much through their care of life and their conviction that love is the only power able to make the world more habitable for each one of us. Women, the Pope noted, are often the only ones to be found accompanying others, especially the weakest members of our families or societies. Through their care of victims of conflict and all those facing the daily challenges of life, they teach us how to overcome our throwaway culture. The Pope concluded by highlighting the importance of these values in the work of interreligious dialogue. In the so-called dialogue of life, where women are often more involved than men, they can better help us understand the challenges of our multi. Cultural societies, but beyond that, he stressed, many women are well prepared to contribute to the religious and theological discussions at the highest levels, alongside their male counterparts. It's more necessary than ever that they do so, he said, so that their skills of listening, welcoming, and openness to others can be of service in weaving the delicate fabric of dialogue between all men and women of goodwill. Pope Francis has intervened in an ethnic crisis involving the Nigerian town of Ayara, Imo State, whose bishop Peter Ebere, appointed by Benedict XVI in 2012, is unwanted by lay people and priests of the diocese. Though Bishop Peter Ebere is an Igbo from Anambra State, the Catholic leaders in Ayara rejected him because he's not an Igbo man from Mbaise. The Vatican insider said the Pope received on Wednesday at the delegation from the Diocese of Ayara, accompanied by Archbishop of Abuja and Apostolic Administrator of Ayara, Cardinal John Onyeken. 
During the meeting, Pope Francis spoke of the inadmissibility of the situation in Ayara and reserved to take the appropriate measures. He said he was entrusting the Diocese of Ayara to the motherly care of Mary. After a pilgrimage to the tombs of the Apostles Peter and Paul and a visit to the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore, the Nigerian delegation attended the Pope's private mass celebration. The bishops of the Catholic Diocese of Tombura, Yambio, and president of the Sudan Catholic Bishops' Conference, Barani Kusala, have blamed the continued armed conflict in South Sudan as the main reason that led Pope Francis to postpone his planned apostolic journey to the country. Pope Francis had intended to visit the country in the company of Anglican Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, this year. In February, Pope Francis announced that his staff were studying the possibility of a visit to South Sudan. Towards the end of last month, the director of the Holy See Press Office, Greg Burke, told media that Pope Francis had postponed the trip. According to Greg, while the trip is still being considered, it is not for this year. In a media statement, Bishop Kusala emphasized Pope Francis' concerns for peace in the world and urged the faithful and the entire people within the country to strive to promote peace, each one in his or her own capacity. Malawi's Diocesan Child Protection Coordinators and Catholic Secretariat Child Protection Focal Persons have been challenged to take a leading role in ensuring that children within and outside the church are well protected. Secretary General Father Henry Saindi made the call when he opened a two-day induction training course on child protection at the Catholic Secretariat in Lilongwe, Malawi. Father Saindi said the training was aimed at empowering coordinators and child protection focal persons to advocate for the safe environment of children in schools, churches and small Christian communities. Meanwhile, back home, experts in the child protection practice will on Saturday, 10th June, gather in Durban for the 9th Child Trauma Conference. Facilitator at the conference, Edith Creel, says this gathering is of special importance as South Africa is dealing with serious cases of abuse against children. Unfortunately, our children are so vulnerable in our country and the, <clears throat> the cases that are shown in the media are really just the very few or the very worst yeah. but we know on a daily basis our children are being hurt um, abused they're witnessing violence in their homes and in their communities and this is a huge impact for the children in terms of coping emotionally psychologically how they're going to grow and also how they're going to learn or sometimes not be able to learn because of the trauma that they've experienced so for us, this is a really big concern that our children are not safe. Yeah. And we need all the help that we can get from fellow South Africans to change this for our children. Often when children have supportive parents um, or families, communities, they are able to, if I can use the words, bounce back. Um, they're able to get through the trauma. But many, many of our children, in fact the majority of our children, never do get the help and support that they need. Um, therapy is something that's mostly inaccessible. We don't have enough social workers out there who are able to do the work with the children. Um, and so for many of our children, it's something that they have to learn to live with. And a lot of the time they sort of suppress all the scary stuff 
but it bubbles out in terms of inappropriate behaviors, risk behaviors, aggression, sexual acting out, and all sorts of negative ways we see some of the consequences of the abuse and neglect. So this is the pre-conference to the National AIDS Conference. So one of the streams that we're very interested in looking at is the impact of HIV AIDS on children and the vulnerable places it leaves children in, in terms of further abuse and neglect. We're going to be looking at child sexual abuse as, as a specific stream as well, and then child trauma. So we're going to be looking at kind of a variety of different things. We're very excited to have some amazing keynote speakers, Justice Edwin Cameron, Joan van Niekerk. We've even got an international speaker coming to share with us. So it really is about sharing ideas, sharing practice um, ideas, you know, in terms of what works, and then also networking, which I think is a really important thing. And finally, Panama bishops are in Rome for their Adlamina visit. And as expected by everyone, Pope Francis did confirm to the Panama bishops that he will be present at the 2019th World Youth Day in Central America. At the end of the meeting, the bishops also presented the Central American version of L'Osservatore Romano. The Panamanian edition hopes to reach young people not only in preparation for World Youth Day, but also for the next synod in 2018 with the theme Youth, Faith and Vocational Discernment. Monsignor Pedro Canterero is the Apostolic Vicar of Darien. For Panama, it is a sign of progress because the church there has always tried to reach the entire Christian community. One of the questions we asked the Holy Father was what was the possibility of integrating more young people in the Synod. The Pope said that there will be an assembly with young people, specifically to listen to them, and for them to be able to speak at the Synod of what they want and expect from the Church. And Monsignor Manuel Ojagavia, Bishop of Colón Cunayala, believes that the Panamanian edition will help the church evangelize. I believe that it will help us, especially with evangelization. It also helps us in this communion that we want to strengthen with the successor of St. Peter, as well as strengthen a unity throughout Central America that is so important. And that was a look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. You are still listening to Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Sheila Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Coming up next, we take a look at the 2017 Kingdom of Lesotho National Assembly elections. As 
you've heard in this program, Lesotho's main opposition leader, Thomas Tabani, has won the country's election but failed to gain an outright majority and is now working to form a coalition government. Tabani's party, the All Basotho Convention, won 48 parliamentary seats. His arch-rival, now resigned Prime Minister Pakalita Musisili, secured only 30 seats. I spoke to Mr. Bui Mohapi, the Executive Secretary of the Lesotho Catholic Commission for Justice and Peace, about the latest developments following elections. Yes, there are quite a, quite a, quite a number of uh, feelings in, in, in as far as the, 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 the nation is concerned. But in overall, in Maseru, where Tavani is, is a stronghold, uh, is found. People are very, very excited and are happy. They are looking forward to the inauguration of the prime minister. There's a talk of a coalition government, and it's something that it's not new to Lesotho, is it? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely going to be a coalition government because uh, Tavani, though he's, he's having uh, 48 seats, but he's not able to to form a government, he, he needs other parties to, to make 61 or 60 plus. So for, for him to do that, then he has uh, joined, uh, as they had before the elections uh, uh, announced, he has, uh, has been joined by the Basutu National Party and the uh, Alliance of Democrats and the RCL, which is a reformed Congress of Lesotho. So those, those four parties have come together to, 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 to form a, a coalition government. Did many of Lesotho people that are residing in South Africa, did they really return for the elections? Did they vote for this election or was it mainly those residing in Lesotho? No, it was mainly for those residing in Lesotho. As you all you know, this period in, uh, under, under, under question, it is very difficult for people to come to Lesotho for, just for voting. If the elections were within the period of Christmas or Easter, where many people would would come home for 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 for, for such for such holidays, it would have been easy for people in South Africa. More than four hundred thousand people are so to live in South Africa, and as you know, our our voters' roll is hundred is one point two million, and only six hundred close to six hundred people uh, have voted. So you see, this other forty percent of the uh, people who did not return to, to, to the polling could could add, could be attributed to, to the fact that many people are living in South Africa and they were not accorded uh, that, 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 that privilege and, and right to come and vote. Perhaps uh, the, new, the new database which uh, the, 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 the Department of, of Home Affairs is trying to, to construct, which will then see everybody being in one database and then, uh, uh, and also, will will kind of be able to see who has left the country and who is inside the country. Will kind of facilitate an easy way of uh, affording those who are outside the country to vote. As it is now, it is difficult to even determine who is still in the country and who is who has crossed the border. So I think. If that that also is, is part of the reforms to to make sure that we have a very clean and up to date and internationally accepted uh, database, I think that will that then help us in our next elections 
to kind of make sure that those, those who are in diaspora in South Africa and elsewhere are able to vote from where they are. Mr. Mohabi, I believe you were on the ground during the weekend over during the voting process. What was it like to see the, the national armed forces present at the voting stations? It was very unusual and scary because for the first time in our history, I was, I was, I was involved in the 1993 elections, in the 1998, in the 2002, in 2007, 2012. 2015. This is my first. This was my first time to see the army press, the army's presence in the in the voting uh, areas. It was very, 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 very uncomfortable in the eyes of many uh, uh, voters. But all the same, people just ignored them and went to to, to vote. Unfortunately, they were placed in constituencies where where one would say ABC, the Tabanes Party, is, is, has, a, has, a, has a majority uh, voters, and the, the, the election results came uh, to prove that. So it was not, it was not really a very good uh, and, and enticing thing. Even the IEC made their, their official pronouncement that uh, it was unbecoming for, for the army to, to be there at the polling station. The SADC missions and the AU missions also registered their major, very, very serious concerns in regard to the presence of the army. And they said the government of Lesotho must stop that because otherwise, even other countries in the region, if the SADC allows that to, to happen and keeps quiet, then it means they are setting a very bad precedence for other countries. And some countries will do the same in the future. And in some countries, you know, armies are, are seen to be serious threats to the to the to the to the to, to the people, especially when they are armed like that in the public. And of course, there's also the rumors that the command of the National Defence Force is at the core of political instability in Lesotho. Yeah, well, you know, the the manner in which our 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 police act and the, the defense act are constructed uh, makes a lot of confusion because in in the defense force act, you know, you cannot differentiate between the functions of the army and the functions of the police. The army also has similar functions as the police, so it makes a lot of confusion. And when the army feels like confusing people and Causing people to 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 to, to 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 have fear, they then stand up and f- assume police responsibilities and functions, and that makes the the, the 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 people very uncomfortable. But otherwise, they will they will be saying they are still acting in within the the, the parameters of the law that governs them. All right. So now that elections are done, what's going to happen next? I know that you mentioned there is a, a press conference to officially uh, make it public about the coalition government. But now, what's going to happen in terms of parliament in Lesotho? No, I think what what is what we are waiting for now is the official um, announcement of the election in terms of Gaza Gazette. The IEC has to to give out. The, the Gazette in, uh, announcing the names of those who are supposed to be members of parliament. And in that regard, then, you, they will hand over that Gazette to, to the clerk of parliament, who will then convene the parliament. And upon the, the convening of parliament, then they will be sworn in as members of parliament. After that, then they will elect the speaker. 
after electing the speaker, then the speaker will take the chair and facilitate the election of the, the deputy speaker, upon which uh, they will also uh, elect the prime minister. We already know the, 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 the leader who commands the majority in, in, in parliament, and the king, in advice, with the, or in advice of the state council, has to appoint a prime minister, a prime minister designate. But that, that prime minister will only be sworn in or be inaugurated after being officially uh, elected in parliament. So after, after, after that, then the speaker will take the name of the, of, of the, of the prime minister to the king, who's now, who will work with those that are responsible for uh, the inauguration preparations. What about the Catholic Church, the bishops? Have they said anything with respect to the elections? Well, we, they haven't said anything so far. They haven't said anything so far, but uh, this morning the bishops, the bishop, the Catholic bishop, and together with other leaders of the church, they facilitated a, a meeting on which all political parties came together to sign in agreement of the, or in acceptance of the result, election results. As the Catholic uh, Justice and Peace Commission for the Catholic Church there in Lesotho, what are your hopes with this new government? What is your department hoping or rather expecting from them? Our, our highest expectation is the, the implementation of the reforms program. Uh, you know, it has to do with security reforms, public service reforms, constitutional review and reforms which will also lead us to the, to the, to the referendum, uh, because there are some sections of the constitution which will require, if you touch them, they will definitely require to, uh, to, 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 to undertake or to go through referendum. So that, that, is, that is basically our expectation, but also to, to kind of uh, address issues of human rights. As, as a country, our, our human rights record, record has declined, to also address the issues of the rule of law, there's, there's been a lot of impunity in Lesotho. Many people have been killed, many uh, corrupt cases have been reported, but people have just gone unpunished. So there's a lot of impunity, and the issues of, the issues of rule of law has been uh, at stake for quite some time now. It is our expectation that the new government will address those. But over and above, over and above, the, the, the reform of the economic uh, uh, position of the, of, the, of, the, of the country, because our economy is also, it's already a shaky one, and it, it needs to be revived, and also, uh, that, that, that by itself needs a robust, robust, robust uh, uh, reforms. So those are some of the, 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 the most key and critical issues that the current government or the upcoming government will have to, to, to address. The issue of nation-building, uh, Basotho uh, is very divided. It's a very divided nation now. We are a very sick nation, and we really need a leader to take up the, the, the program or the process of nation building. And that is our expectation as 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 as, 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 as CCJP that the new government will will definitely have to lead us on those. Well then, Mr. Mohapi, thank you so much for your time. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to add. I think uh, I would want to really thank the the Imbiza, the, the regional church, the Imbiza, the SACBC, for their contribution to, to our, our observer mission. Uh, the general secretary of the SACBC and her deputy, Father, Father Patrick Rajaketsi, 
were here to 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 join the the, the, the Lesotho Catholic Bishops Conference observer teams, and they did a very very magnificent work, and we are very grateful of their of their support and their their, their presence during the elections. And we are grateful to the to the church in Southern Africa, to the bishops of Southern Africa as well. And we are very 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 grateful for their support. And we wish to 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 to, to invite them. To, to support and to, to follow and monitor the SOTO's proceedings from here onwards. Thank you very much uh, for, for, for this opportunity. Uh, thank you very much. Well, that's all I had time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been your Friday's edition of Catholic View, a program produced and presented by Shayla Pitch for Radio Veritas. Should you wish to get in touch with me, feel free to send me an email, shayla at radioveritas.co.za. I'll be back again on Tuesday evening at the same time. Until then, God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Sheila Pierce.